You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It is the like 17th of February 2022 and this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies who is the lead SEO of... Weights and biases. Weights and biases before I completely mess that up. Uh, friends, welcome to Webcology today. We have uh, we got a treat. We have Nava Hopkins in, and I believe Nava Hopkins is from Nava Hopkins Consulting. Um, I, I am. That's a, that's a new development. Uh, so uh, last time you had me on, uh, and it's great to be back uh, mm-hmm. representing brands. I'm taking a little bit of a break from serving one brand and just empowering them all. So very, very glad to be here. It's kind of like the difference between juggling a beach ball and juggling a number of small balls, right? Oh, a little bit. Um, I, I, I feel like it's more akin to you have uh, a beach ball versus you have a bouquet of beautiful helium balloons and they just lift you up as opposed to one big ball that you have to kind of wrap your arms around and figure, figure things out. So agency work that's that's a way to look at it absolutely um we, we, we i invited nav on because i had the um pleasure the true delight of lucking into a uh I, what i think was a rehearsal for the upcoming um i'm guessing the upcoming conference circuit um and uh it was it was it was it was Nava like uh, rehearsing her the, the powerpoints and the the the, the, the um, whole presentation and it was really fun to listen to um, and there was a line in there that you used Nava about SEO empathy that um, well sort of you know just opened all the chambers in my cynical little heart um, the, the, the 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 talk is based primarily around how the two different sides of the of the digital marketing fence can can, can work with each other the, the the paid search marketing side and the organic side and um it was it was it was lovely to hear you say um be empathetic to the seo's needs because we feel so neglected sometimes <laughs> okay what was happening this week um there was some like some uh well funny and silly news to report my favorite one this week is the uh everything new is old again story from uh uh search engine roundtable so 
Google comes out with a, with a fascinating stat that about 15% of all searches conducted in 2022 are totally new to Google. They've never never come across as combinations of words or thoughts before, which is pretty cool, humans. Keep, up, keep at it. Now, the weird thing, in uh, 2013, Google said that about 15% of searches had never been seen before. And in 2007, they said that about 25% of all search queries had never actually been seen before. And in 2017 and 2018, they also said that about 15% of search queries had never, in fact, been seen before. So, again, everything new is old again. And um, humans, you're averaging out pretty cool but one in six things that you're looking for you never even thought to look of, of before that's pretty damn cool way to go <laughs> i mean it, 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 like not taking aside just the the what the statement that sort of has on the human condition and, and the stability of it that, that we just naturally are bizarrely unique characters right like who just like randomly word things in weird ways right or like taking that part of it aside i think it really is a is a sort of punctuation mark at the end of the difficulty google has in trying to deal with us these these pesky human beings and them trying to figure out how is it we're supposed to do it and actually we had we had nava uh, like on today. And I think it's really, really funny because one of the stories I wanted to talk about is the mess up that's going on on layouts, which I suspect has to do with they're trying to change some sort of like back end of the front end infrastructure because they're messing up a few things. And Navo actually spotted one of them. You know what? I'm just going to pull her on right now. We're, we're just going to like drag her on just a minute earlier. Navo, what did you discover as far as the bugs go? And, and what do you what do you think is going so- on to create it? So what's really interesting is that um, I actually thought this was a test uh, because there's always tests. Uh, Google has come out and said that there's over 100 different search result pages that are possible. So the, the, what I thought was a test was you had the paid results on the left-hand side and the organic results on the right-hand side. And I was very excited about this because this is basically a return to 2015, 2016 when there was a right-hand search result. Uh, a right hand to uh, the search result page uh, and, and you had the ads on, on the right and, and kind of organic on the left and with some ads. Nope. It was like that. This is a bug. This is always a bug. This is a bug. Um, and there's a cynic in me that thinks that actually know that this was a test, um, but they just didn't want to get caught with it being a test. Um, but the other thing that I actually found really interesting is that um, the layouts uh, that that were unique in that way were very local oriented. So I did a test for dentist. And I did a test for lawyer, and in both cases, um, the left hand side was paid, and it was just kind of a local pack ads and and, and paid. And then on the right hand side, you had knowledge graph, you had organic listing, so on and so forth. Um, and then later on in the day, it it, it went away. And I, I think that there is something to be said for how we search for things locally, um, the semantics of search, the intent of search versus e-commerce, um, SaaS solutions. Uh, so it's, it's not just about um, how do humans think, what changes might there be, but there's also something to the verticals themselves. The other thing I, I hope we can touch on, I hope this is okay, uh, is the fact that that stat of 15% of unique queries hasn't changed that much and it actually has gone down since it was initially reviewed, I actually think speaks a little bit to some of the biases in search, um, that we get reinforced to search for things in certain ways. And so the actual differences are not so much truly unique individual queries. Uh, they're semantic differences, like a misspelling. Because if someone has a, a fat finger mistake, that is technically a unique query that hadn't been searched before. Um, and I mean, this is not to say that there isn't something to the unique queries that are there and really interesting syntax that that comes about. Um, but it is important to dig into that stat, and it would be nice if, if they would reveal how much of these unique queries are misspellings or the things that they baked into close variants versus how much are true unique ideas you know, um, and shifts in how we think. Everyone listening right now is thinking, goodness, I got to be responsible for at least five or six of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and of course, the, the the expansion of voice search makes that even worse because we exactly. search with our voice different than we search with our fingers. Exactly. Well, less typos, probably, depending on your accent. Mm. Um, 
<laughs> you know, and, and Google's interpretation of it. So, but what's interesting also um, on the the Google side is that where you do see a lot of variables and potential bugs or tests on the search result page, you don't see it as much on the Microsoft side. Like Microsoft, I like if you if you go to Bing and you do a search, it's the same experience. You may love it, you may hate it, but the search result page doesn't really shift that much. Whereas on the Google side, it could change like every other second. Or like there's there's these fluctuations of like, oh, did I catch a bug? Did I catch a bug? Uh, there was one with like the text layover and rendering. So like there is there are some that are clearly bugs, 100%. Uh, Barry put out a great article about it. But I do think that there are some of these bugs that are actual tests to see what inspires better human behavior and human engagement. You know, that, that wouldn't surprise me because it came right on the heels. And yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cynical human being when it comes to, to Google, right? Like, who, who isn't? Uh, but their Google ads, which you'll probably like, um, the larger site link block. And I'm like, oh, okay, and then moving the ads to the right. Like, yeah, just jam that organic out of my eyesight. Just jam it further down, jam it further to the right. Just, just move it anywhere where Dave's eyes naturally aren't going. Uh, so to to that, the, the cynic in me goes, yeah, it's coincidental that it's it's happening with a lot of other bugs, but I'm cynical enough to go, yeah, Nava could be right. It could be like, well, Dave always looks like straight down below the search box. Yeah, plant the ads there and put that organic off to the right. Um, but on the flip side, though, the eye naturally wants to do this. I don't. I mean, for for those that are listening and not watching, uh, the eye goes down and then darts back up to the right-hand side because we've been trained to read left to right. We, we, most of us read left to right. Uh, we're used to looking at, at websites in that way. And so as much as yes, it is um, frustrating. Uh, I'm sure on the organic side that the paid side is so big. Um, if the solution isn't there, and there was a clear break, there was clear negative space in, in the left-hand side, and you see all of the solutions on the right-hand side for organic, there actually was more to engage with on the right-hand side. Um, and it looked like it rendered actually nicer. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that, that plays out. Why is, and now um, that they're caught, maybe they'll pull it back faster. <laughs> I, I don't know. Why would Google's screen be like infinitely more dynamic? Search results pages be infinitely more dynamic than Bing's, which which is static, doesn't change. I I don't. Is know. there an advantage? I mean, is, like is, I can um, I can get I can offer a guess. Um, it would actually be really lovely if the folks on on both the Microsoft and the Google side would chime in on this. Um, I I will say Google's. Uh, market size is larger, so they have more people to test things. Um, Microsoft has less people, so they may be less inclined to roll out variable tests in the way that Google might feel empowered to do. Um, but I also think that there's something to consistency. Like we, when Microsoft makes a change, it typically follows Google, and so there, there's a very there's very few instances where they will go off and do their own thing. Now, the examples where they do their own thing, they are fantastic. Um, the auto feed ads, love them. Um, they, they have their, their credit solution ad. It's, it's fantastic. Um, thinking about uh, their uh, audience network and, and how that's played out is, is fantastic. But in terms of major, major shifts that, that impact a lot of their users, they, they, they tend to be more, it seems, uh, risk averse. And so, I mean, that's, that's one person's educated guess opinion statement. Like it's, I, I, I would actually really be curious to see what, what they both have to say on that statement. We'll try to find Interesting. Out. As soon as you brought it up, I was sort of of two minds that I'm like, yeah, that is true. I wonder why that is. And, and there's sort of two avenues I could sort of see naturally yeah. being why Microsoft would do that. One, they started as a software company pushing out operating systems and they learned from like the millennial or millennium edition that you need to be really careful with that. And like, do they just go like, test, test, like figure out, figure out, refine, refine, then push a big change, like big monolithic sort of change. Or do they like, you know, clients and travel, like I always advise, like, wait, just look at what Expedia is doing. If you're in e-commerce, just look what Amazon's doing. Like let them run all the micro tests yeah. and then just go, great, pull it in, get it done. Uh -huh. 
you don't have to screw up quite as much because uh, they won't have the resources that Google exactly. does. You're right. Like they don't, they just don't. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting question, but you're right. I do like, and, and every time I go to edge, which isn't too often, but it is occasionally when I need to test something on a cleaner browser and I don't want to go incognito. But that's the thing. They're like cleaner browser. They, Microsoft has all, I don't know why Microsoft doesn't have more market share. I, like We're just, we're creatures of habit. And this might also go to why our queries haven't, unique queries haven't increased. We are creatures of habit. So. Well, it's true. Please. It took me forever to get out of Firefox. Like I yeah. was Firefox. I like, and then Chrome was like rising. I'm like, Pfft. I got all the like extensions I want and then finally moved over and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. That's why it's faster. Same things, but, but faster. Um, and you're right. Edge is, is actually quite a powerful, quite a powerful after, experience. After a while, Chrome is going to become bloatware. Like Firefox became bloatware after it was the faster browser when we all moved away from IE after moving away from, I think, Firefox before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, Chrome is actually I'm finding Chrome to be bloatware now. You, you ever go into um, your, your your system tools because your computer's running so damn slow suddenly and you see 500 Chrome screens when all you're doing is looking at Reddit? Um, like, let's be honest, Jim, you have 5,000 other tabs open. I like do not. I use there. a PC. Forgot I'm not a Mac user. What do you think? I use a PC. Um, Mac users is the one for the 500 tabs open. I had a really funny experience the other day. A friend of mine was talking on, on Facebook chat and they had like some tab open playing music and they couldn't find it because they had like a thousand across the top. As one of my favorite like Mac user stories. Um, but it strikes me that Microsoft would want to experiment and certainly has a large enough. I mean, it mightn't be as big as Google's, but they got a lot of users. Um, One little uh, plug I'll throw in for Microsoft also is the um, on the behavior analytics uh, is their tool clarity. Uh, and to actually see, yeah, I know it's amazing and it's free guys. It, it, like they don't pay me to, to push this. I just, I fell in love with it and I use it for every single client. It is amazing. Oh my goodness. You get recordings, you get heat maps. Um, it's really good at skipping inactivity. And so on the subject of SEO and PPC working together, when we're thinking about like, how do we start to have those conversations, tools like Clarity that can let you see how people are behaving and you can make those adjustments to send that really targeted paid campaign or to understand, okay, what what questions aren't being answered. Tools like that are fantastic. And it's it's really interesting that Microsoft is the one coming out with these tools that are meant to bring people together. Um, and it speaks to what they seem to be putting out is just a lot more wholesome innovative tools when, when, when they are putting out net new things. So Microsoft clarity is great. I, I got to give a hundred percent backing of that one. And, and one of the things I, I like, it was one of the things that I just like started and I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking for. And it is a hundred percent one of those. It's like they're, they're webmaster tools. I find superior to search mm-hmm. console, like just in, in the technical information you can get from it. Obviously I'm not saying replace search console. You need to know what Google thinks, but um, it, it's super powerful, enhanced. but I, I love it. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I want to look for. I don't know. Watch some recordings, look at some heat maps. And one thing I found that is just wonderful, but, but folks who have a JavaScript site, like just don't panic, uh, is when I'm loading the heat maps, it does take a second, but then it all comes into place. Like it actually handles rendering and mm-hmm. heat mapping on JavaScript sites. Well, um, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's just awesome. So yeah, well, Great advice of their Nava. It's a wonderful tool. You know, we often joke on this show that it's Google who couldn't market their way out of a wet paper bag. Um, they have all these amazing technologies and products and stuff, and ha- and the user base doesn't know about a quarter of them. Um, heck, the SEO base doesn't know about half of them. But Microsoft, like like the greatest behemoth that's ever existed on the software scene, and so many SEOs don't know what's, or digital marketers don't know what's available right there for them. Why is that? I mean, like they've had they've had like twenty five years of being the software maker. Do Do you enjoy uh, learning about something new, even if it's going to to be helpful? Like, do you enjoy the 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 net new learning process? Oh, that's a difficult question. It depends how it's presented, I suppose. 
So that I think is their problem is that everyone learned Google first. And so the tools are just there for Google first. And so they ha even though it's, there's so much parody there to, to ask someone to, they, so if you're, if you're working and you have a choice of how to invest your time and you have a choice of either doing the work that you know how to do, um, even if there's points of friction, even if you can't be as fully profitable as you could be, but you know how to do it versus investing the time, not actually doing the work you have to do, but adding on a net new tool, it's a very rare practitioner who will make that choice. Strategists tend to, like heads of companies tend to, but the actual people who have to do the work um, and who ultimately carry the weight to, to, to push these things forward, it, it's very rare that they will they will make that choice. So I, I think that why some of these tools don't get picked up is because there's too many folks that are at the point in their career where their job isn't to learn, their job is to do their job. And so it's there's not enough time baked into the day for, for that that growth to, to actually learn about something new, uncover a new tool, a new way of working. Um, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. And one of the problems I have, and it's it's like I have to sort of carve out, and I'm sure you do too, because we all sort of do in our sector, yeah. you carve out a chunk of time to go, okay, I need to keep up on what's going on, right? Like I just need to like yeah. know what's going on, but that's that chunk. And that's kind of it. Um, and where I'll like encounter new features, I'm sure you do too. And you sort of like stumble on them and like, oh, okay, what stories over here or whatever. But yeah. it's like, while I've encountered it, I actually only stumbled on it because I was doing my job. Like, Correct. I was already in the middle of a task. Correct. And then I never remember it because, well, now I'm going off and I'm doing my job. So you're, you're right. And how many of us, I, I personally, like, and maybe it's a shortcoming in me, I enjoy knowing things more than I enjoy learning things. Like, I don't like the process of learning. I like knowing. Uh, <laughs> that's a good point. And Dave, I'm not just saying this because I'm your friend or anything, but I think you are a, a example worth using in the industry. Um, and I remember I said this like like I think eight weeks ago on the on the show. I remember when this happened when we had Eric Eng on, yeah. and I, I saw the light bulb go off above your head, and you've been um, studying and learning about uh, machine learning ever since. Um, it's it's been a um, quasi I wouldn't say obsession, but it's certainly been a goal of yours, and you're achieving that goal. And now you're moved on to a, another level in your career. And I'm, I'm I'm not saying this to you for you. I'm actually saying this to the audience. Um, this is what constant learning is about. And um, Nava, when, when when you asked that question, I was like, well, you might be asking the wrong people that question to get the answer that you because. SEO's got to learn all the time. Like, like the first two hours of my day is just reading. That's 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 all I do is to try to catch up on what people were thinking of You're last night. You're a good SEO though. That's the that's the thing. Is there's there's the the best of the best will never have that problem. They will always adopt all of the things and know when to deploy them. Um, but the question that you asked was not about why aren't the best of the best using these things? It was, why isn't there market penetration amongst the, the greater? And unfortunately, we all can't be amazing. There will be some average practitioners who are good enough to get the job done. And that is the group that we need to get from good to great. Like that, that is the group that like more of these tools need to find their way into baking themselves into the process. So Again, you, you asked me to come on to talk about like SEO and PPC empathy. Yeah, yeah. One, of, one of the reasons why that subject is so important to me is because when you get um, PPCs, they tend to get in their own head and they're like, I don't need to know about this. I just, I don't need to know about it. Like it's their job, it's their job, it's their job. And SEO is like, I don't need to know about the PPC. Like it's, it's their job, they'll just sort it. And we're coming to a point now where all the responsibilities are shared. That, that landing page experience is a shared experience. The, the automations and the audiences are shared experiences. And we have to have empathy for how the, all of these different pieces come about and what tools people are using, because otherwise our work will, will be compromised. Like we're, we're going we're gonna to stub our toe. So like that's, that's my two cents on, on, on. There's a, there's a story going around the SEO forums right now about a major brand company 
that just needed an, a Super Bowl commercial. They absolutely needed this commercial. And so they produced it, but they um, didn't tell their digital teams. They didn't tell their SEO and they didn't tell their PPC people. And traditionally, the, 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 with, this, with this major brand company, they have so many um, products underneath the, underneath the brand that if they want to move traffic from one product to another, they just 301 it and boom. <laughs> And their 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 customers, I guess, have a good or bad UX experience. It doesn't matter because they're the major brand company. So they had perhaps the worst results from a Super Bowl ad ever in in in, in 2022. Um, and it's because their teams were absolutely abjectly unprepared and mm-hmm. couldn't deal with um, the opportunity that presented itself on a silver freaking platter to them. Um, how does this like like I, I, we could talk about corporate decisions and people, but 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 this happens so frequently that it almost begs the question, and it's an impossible one to, to answer precisely. But how does this happen? Why don't levels of um, corporations communicate with each other to this day? The time isn't baked into the calendar. Um, Are there I, impediments and roadblocks that we ourselves as practitioners put up? So one of the things that I think not enough people do is automate um, and have degrees of accountability of sharing of reports and consistency in data. So for example, there is no good reason why search query reports and, and search term reports cannot be shared amongst all of the team. There's no good reason for it. Um, you're paying for, for uh, data, you're getting data, share it. Understand what content uh, you, you might need to answer, so on and so forth. But unfortunately, not enough teams either think to automate that, uh, check in and, uh, on, on the, the progress of content. Um, same thing with um, profitability of product uh, and like what products should be the focus for, per quarter. Like there, there are campaigns I've seen where uh, brands were surprised that a product was still being pushed. It's like, well, well, this is, this is, we don't make money on this. Like we're not able to, to even support it. Like, or we're not, we're out of stock, but we're still advertising to, to drive traffic to the thing. So it's, I think it, it comes down to making sure that every single team member is invested into the business metrics uh, and, and is, able to articulate what is the, the 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 mission of the business like everyone's on board with that but then also what are the parts that are needed to to achieve that goal um because on the seo side it's not just content there's there's technical technical pieces that if you mess those up seos will rightfully be very angry um but those technical pieces can also really get in the way on the on the paid side you just you have to have those strategies in place and you can't just be all lackadaisical about it um with first party data um if you haven't set up your global um site tags if if you haven't established what your domain structure is going to be like that's that's really really important um but it's those conversations require you to invest the time in not doing active day-to-day work. It, it requires you to invest the time in strategy and in, in growth. And not every team has leadership in place to facilitate that. Like it's 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 a, it's a top-down mentality. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because as I was sort of thinking about um, Jim's question as well. I'm like, I've seen structures that try and go too flat and have too much communication and then they scale out and then just everything breaks, right? Like there's just, there's too much and then you silo too much and then these problems happen, right? It's like finding that balance between like, okay, just everybody needs to know this. Like not everybody needs to be involved in a design recreation for a part of the site. Like not every, we don't need 5,000 people's opinions. <laughs> like we need like this team, they're responsible, go get it done. But when do you, and how do you know when these impacts are? I think that can lead to to some significant problems in going, when does it cross over? And that was clearly, in my mind anyway, one of the big problems is they didn't go, oh, this is one of those times. <laughs> like this is one of those times when it, it jumps outside here. And so to your point now, like maybe just having a system of going checklist, 
Like, when do you talk to the team lead in different departments, right? Like, this, does that. it impact this? Yeah, exactly. Like, just a set of rules. Now, one of the things I, I've always felt as an SEO, going back to like your the, the origin story of why we went, okay, need to grab Nava, pull her on the show, right? Like the the, the empathy of, of Cross. I've always felt it like, and I, I got my certifications in, in ads. It's not my strong suit, but it's, you know, I, I can get the job done if I have to, but it has let me know some of the tools available, like, Oh, okay. If I pay Google money, they'll give me data. So let's remarket. And then I can find out all of my organic traffic that came in. Here's what they look like because Google will give me more information on them if I just give them money for it, right? Like you can find out these little things that you wouldn't know if you didn't take the courses and putts around a little bit. Don't try and become an expert because you can become an expert in one thing now, right? Like, but, you know, just these, these little, little sort of things you can learn from that. What can you think of like as coming from like I'm an organic and sort of went, oh, okay, that's how I can learn a little bit about what's going on there and, and make sure I understand where I can like use data, even if it's just communicating with paid search managers. As a paid search person, what can they do to go, here's how I can understand a little bit. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Miami is more than beaches, palm trees, and fun in the sun. It's home every year to the Miami Book Fair, celebrating its 39th year of hosting authors and readers from around the world, November 13th through the 20th. Join us in downtown Miami at the Wolfson campus of Miami Day College. Connect with over 500 authors reading from their books in English, Spanish, French, and Creole, answering questions and signing hard copies. The 2022 edition of the Miami Book Fair welcomes everyone of all ages to come together, meet, and make new friends, exchange ideas, and discover one's next favorite author. Let's explore, discover, and learn together. Featured authors will include award-winning novelists, Anthony Horowitz, Ben Mesrich, Craig Johnson, Danny Shapiro, Elena Shapiro, Jimmy Attenberg, poet Sandra Cisneros, and authors writing about the trending topics of the day. Lisa Genova, Jerry Stahl, Marie Brenner, Mark Kurlansky, Samantha Cole, Stacey Schiff, Katie Tour, and many others. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFair.com. Follow the fair at Miami Book Fair and join the conversation hashtag Miami Book Fair 2022. Uh, about what's going on in the SEO. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Go space. So I think one of the things that not enough paid folks uh, take the time to understand is domain structure, um, crawl budget, um, the actual technical pieces that go into a website. Because um, paid folks for better or for worse, we often will look at a landing page and we'll say, this is a wall of text, it's gross, or there's too many, there's too much navigation, they're, they're, they're going off and, and they're, they're doing their own thing. Um, by taking the time to understand why from an organic standpoint, a navigation bar, a robust bar that, that is, is well laid out and matches your site map, um, like that's that's important. Like you need to understand that. Same thing with rich content, authoritative content that that substantiates its claims. Like there are certain pieces that are that are needed from an organic standpoint um, that you just need to own. That from a paid standpoint, you wouldn't drive the traffic there. Um, you maybe drive it to a subdomain, and and you ag- have a conversation with your SEO team. What it kind of structure does a subdomain need to have? Making sure that you understand what does no index and no follow mean. Like that, just those simple little things will do, will go will work wonders. Um, have a conversation about what goes into the Google Tag Manager. Um, do you have duplicate code? Like, I one of the things that kills me genuinely kills me is when there's duplicate analytics codes or duplicate Google Tag Manager. God. And it's like, guys, this could have been resolved if you just had a conversation and discussed what's going on in the site. Like, because there's no reason for it. Like, ha- just take the time to understand what has been placed there, know what the plugins are. Like, same thing with Facebook Pixel like, or the MetaPixel now. Like, just just have that conversation, have that audit. Um yeah. At, at the beginning of any uh, new campaign, I would suggest that the SEO team and the PPC team like sit down and talk about things as, as mundane as the longevity of any given landing page. How long is this page going to exist for? Um, is this really the representation of the product or is it something that's a vehicle to get the user to the representation of the product? As an SEO, for the most part, I think landing pages are a dime a dozen and most of them are throwaway. They're used for a specific campaign and they won't be there next year. There'll be another page. So what if in that case, the thing that I'm most concerned about is how did the traffic get from landing page to product page and what did they do after that? What decisions were made and why? Um, Having a conversation about Tag Manager is so incredibly essential um, because that's where the very first lesson I learned in SEO back, this is like 1999, is reporting is everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, it still is. And uh, if if you aren't able to attribute how um, a user moved from A to B to C to Z to all the way out, all the way out to the other end. Um, you're not giving your client the accurate look at the website they need. So, can um, I mean, of course they can, but I, th- I think it's uh, often it's a thing of shared metrics, things that are important to both sides of the aisle. What are what are some of the shared metrics that I think that, that like PPC should know that SEO is concerned about, and vice versa. So one of the uh, metrics that I think not enough not enough people really uh, bake into uh, their mindset is um, bounce rate on the paid side. Um, so on the paid side, uh, you'll be very con- uh, concerned with conversion rate. Obviously, we all are, are concerned with conversion rate, cost per acquisition, uh, um, cost per true customer, so on and so forth. Um, but bounce rate and time on page is actually very important um, because if your bounce rate is very, very high, 
Um, it doesn't matter that your clicking rate was fantastic. They, they, they all bounce like that's 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 really really bad. Um, the other thing that's that's actually very useful is to use analytics uh, goals uh, as your conversions. Um, link your analytics in into your paid accounts because when when you do that, you're then reporting off of the same conversion actions. Um, a lot of times, you'll you'll have folks have Google conversions uh, and they'll report on all this performance, but then it's not actually what the SEOs are reporting on, and then there's discrepancies in the data. So when you're able to look at that source of truth within analytics, um, it tends to be a little bit easier. Now, it is possible for analytics to get mucked up. Uh, and so that's, that, that, is, that, is, that is a fact. Um, so it is good to have that, that additional source to just to check um, within Google, within Facebook, Microsoft Ads, so on and so forth. Um, but I definitely think people need to be looking at bounce rate, time on site, um, I would look at uh, page flow, um, like are people, how are people working? Uh, the the metrics though on, on paid that I think not enough SEOs know, and I think this it's not a shared, met- they're not shared metrics or they're not shared in the truest sense. Um, impression share. Uh, so of all available impressions, how many are you getting? Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's not like a, that's not a, a firm SEO one. It's it's like it's there. Um, the other one is auction insights. Uh, so, uh, how much of your traffic are you getting versus your competitors? Um, so that can be really good for prospecting. Um, that's also really good to see for your branded campaigns. How many of your competitors are bidding on your branded terms? So you can have a sense of how much either do you need to combat that. Uh, or do you need to actually factor in your competitors' points of differentiation or your, your points of differentiation against your competitors into your branded creative? Uh, one thing I don't think enough folks do is actually take a list of their customers and target their competitors' terms to remind their their uh, their customers why they are great. Like you can absolutely take a list of your customers and just have a defensive campaign. You don't need to spend a lot. Um but reminding someone, like if someone, if your customers are looking for your competitors, you, you might want to throw a paid campaign and vice versa on the organic side. Um, if you've gotten someone through and and you, you've captured that, that information, like you may want to send them that newsletter. You may want to send them some, some additional content. You may want to direct them to some blog posts or, or webinars, white papers that, that you otherwise wouldn't focus on. I've been spending a huge amount of time segmenting traffic in the SEO world into new and returning traffic, and um, you know, naturally, naturally studying um, uh, paid traffic as well. And uh, the observation I make with the, with the paid crew that I'm, that I'm working with is, um, I you know, it's obviously we want to see as few returning paid references as possible. Let's get them into the site from paid and make paid the greatest assist ever. Um, Retention of people um, of, of users uh, through paid advertising is that a um, how do you how do you recommend um, marketers think about moving users along the um, decision cycle? Um, I would really rather not be have my clients' money be spent on a returning user through a paid ad. I'd rather them come through a whole bunch of other avenues, being aware that the product now exists at this URL. So it, it depends on the user and it depends on, on the vertical. It depends on the brand. So it obviously you want to have them come through earned, earned traffic. Like you, you, that's, that's, that's the ideal. Um, but there is something to be said for being able to direct someone to exactly the right experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know that someone is searching for competitors or pricing for competitors that they're they're not quite happy. Um, that's also a good sign that you can then go back to your customer success team, or you can go uh, to your intake team and see like what's what's happening here. Where where are people falling short? Because if you're ha- having a large number of your existing customers uh, need to come through paid channels because we're 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 needing to rekindle that love. Um, Odds are there's something else amiss. So it's it's not just about paid and organic and traffic sources. It's about 
what is the actual infrastructure here? Like, are we just burning good customers because we can't support them? Are we burning good customers because we're not returning their call within five minutes? Like there was, there was a really good study that, that came out. Um, I'll, I'll try to link it uh, for, for the uh, recording uh, that most people respond within 90 minutes but the actual conversion rate between responding in five minutes versus responding in 90 minutes, it drops something like 60%. Um, oh, I can imagine you actually have the person right in front of you exactly. right then and there. Exactly. Like they were still actively thinking about you versus ni- an hour and a half from now. As much as I love you both, I'm not going to be actively thinking about you. Um, I, I was thinking about other things. So it's just, it's a matter of being present and and seizing opportunities. Um, And paid is really good at that. Paid is really good at putting folks right in the, in the hot seat, making, making business happen. Um, Organic is really good at at nurturing, uh, informing, uh, but it also can be really good at pre-qualifying. So paid, uh, paid campaigns are, I don't think are as as well suited to pre-qualifying customers because they, they just tend to be more focused on driving who we want. Um, organic can be very, very good at teaching who's a good fit, who's not a good fit. You, you, you talked about burn figure. I just, I want to highlight something that you, you had talked about. Then I have a, a different, okay. going to go off on a different question. You, you, t- well, you actually referenced burning and, and, and I was like, oh, that's reminding me of burn pixels. And then I always think of burn pixels is like, oh, okay. I don't want to remarket them because I'm going to like, burn this because they actually converted. And, and now as, as you're talking, I'm like, oh, actually you might, yes, do that because you're not going to remarket them that product or, or service, yeah. but n- now put them in a different group and go, oh, okay. Like in like seven hours or, or seven days rather, right? Like I might start hitting you up with like a different thing for my SaaS product. And like, did you yeah. use this feature or that feature, right? Like use it to go like, okay, I know you did this, but let's, let's do that. So uh, just, just, I guess not more for me, but like for, for something for our, our listeners to, to think about, um, you know, which I, I just found really interesting as you were talking, because I never really thought of it that way. I've thought of burn pixel, you burn them. And then you'd mentioned burn like a few times in that. And I was like, yeah, um, you talked earlier and going back to like the origin story of, of grabbing Nava and, and, and pulling her on the show. Um, you talked earlier about sharing data, right? Like sharing keyword data, you know, and, and all of this landing page data, that sort of thing, where and how? Like, are there are there sort of structures that, that you found effective? Are there just like set up a monthly meeting and talk it out and, you know, hug it out so that the whole team of PPC and SEO can like get a warm fuzzy together? Like how, what structure works for that data sharing? It, it, it depends on the team. Uh, so there are some teams that are able to do working meetings really efficiently and effectively, in which case I would honestly say, a once a week, 15 minute connect either at the start of the week or at the end of the week is great. There are some people that cannot make meetings efficient because meetings are just time sinks and it's a waste of everyone's life. And it could have been an email in which case um, I actually think uh, Slack channels, discord channels, Skype channels, uh, teams, Google Hangouts, whatever your poison, have a collaboration or wild and crazy idea channel that is meant to have everybody on it and people can vet those ideas. Um, and, and what's really nice about uh, both Discord and Slack, uh, to a certain degree, Skype has it, but I, Discord and Slack tend to be my, my preferred. Um, there's a lot of bots that will do a lot of that automation streaming. So you can connect to Jira, you can uh, connect to Salesforce, you can connect to HubSpot, you can do a lot of those connects um, and actually have uh, that data pull through. Um, in our the chat that's going while we're talking, uh, Google Data Studio was mentioned. Love Google Data Studio. It's really good for pulling in all that wonderful data. The other thing that's, that's really useful, uh, pretty much every single ad platform has an automated report for pretty much anything that you can you can think of within the ad platform. So set, having that set up as an automated send out to your SEO team um, that maybe you then send a quick summary email of, hey, this is, these are the main uh, findings from the week. And then vice versa, the SEO team sends the paid team, here's the automated data, here's a blurb bullet summary. I, I, I find that that works really efficiently. Like it, 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 it genuinely depends on the team. Um, some people 
never want to talk to another human, in which case lean more on Slack, Discord, email, so on and so forth. Some people get off on meetings, um, have, those work, have those working sessions. In um, the presentation that that I saw you give the the on uh, rehearsing online, um, you again you mentioned that phrase SEO empathy and so real real quick it actually wasn't rehearsing. Uh, oh. So I'm I'm a member of the Pacers Association. Uh, I'm I'm on the board. We actually had a really funny technical faux pas where our Zoom didn't work. So so that was. That was me. Oh, I just lucked into the Facebook version of what was supposed yeah. to be a bigger meeting. It didn't. Have, oh my goodness! Oh, okay. Well, I just, I just, for for the interest of the, of the giggles, that's that's what that was. <laughs> during during that um, uh, meeting that, that 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 for technical that for technical reasons didn't happen. Um, you again, you mentioned the phrase SEO empathy, and the context was of how the PPC team should be thinking about what SEOs need um, while, 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 while planning campaigns. But I want to throw that question back at you from a reverse angle. As an SEO, what do you want from, from my team? What, what, what should we be thinking about to make your world easier? So uh, there is one really important thing uh, anytime there's going to be any redirects, any major shifts like that, we have to know. And the reason why we have to know is because redirects actually cause ads to be disapproved. And if there are three disapprovals, our accounts get suspended. So SEOs, please, if you're about to do a major migration, if you're about to do any major redirects, please, 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 please let your your lovely paid team now so that we have time to switch out our our ad creative uh yeah pretty much. if you want to sabotage like <laughs> oh my goodness the um the 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 other thing that is incredibly important um you do need to bake into your crawl budget uh for the ad bots to actually review the landing pages now most paid teams will actually set aside or hopefully request a subdomain so that it's, it's not too big of a burden, um, but if you are working off of a single domain um, and there are no index, no follow pages, um, just bear in mind, you will need to make sure that that crawl budget is uh, allotted for, for the, the ad bots. You know, because the 301 I thought about, I'd never thought about the, uh, the crawl budget. 301s I'd thought about. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Miami is more than beaches, palm trees, and fun in the sun. It's home every year to the Miami Book Fair, celebrating its 39th year of hosting authors and readers from around the world, November 13th through the 20th. Join us in downtown Miami at the Wolfson campus of Miami Day College. Connect with over 500 authors reading from their books in English, Spanish, French, and Creole, answering questions and signing hard copies. The 2022 edition of the Miami Book Fair welcomes everyone of all ages to come together, meet, and make new friends, exchange ideas, and discover one's next favorite author. Let's explore, discover, and learn together. Featured authors will include award-winning novelists Anthony Horowitz, Ben Mesrich, Craig Johnson, Danny Shapiro, Elena Shapiro, Jimmy Attenberg, poet Sandra Cisneros, and authors writing about the trending topics of the day. Lisa Genova, Jerry Stahl, Marie Brenner, Mark Kurlansky, Samantha Cole, Stacey Schiff, Katie Tour, and many others. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFair.com. Follow the fair at Miami Book Fair and join the conversation hashtag Miami Book Fair 2022.
Yeah, so prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So the reason why that's important is actually quality score is dependent on uh, the ad networks being able to actually see the page Hmm. and establish landing page experience. And if they can't do that, then there will be no quality score and then the keywords won't serve. And then, then there, there will be a lot of, I was prepared to spend $50,000 a month and I spent a thousand. What happened? Um, and that, that is what will, will happen there. Um, again, and, I did. Oh, sorry, and that would really mess up smart campaigns as well. Like I never, Oh really my God. Oh, oh my God. And given that performance <laughs> max is now what we all are in, no, it, yeah. it, it would, it, it would, it would, please allow some call budget for us, please. Okay. So, so what do you think of the performance max? We're not going to give you your keyword. I mean, it was expected, but like the, give us your money. We're not giving you your keywords, but you can tell us what not to do. Sorry. I just have to go on like a slight aside. There. Oh, no worries. Um, I have mixed feelings about this. Uh, on the one hand, I actually think it is a decent idea for the average SMB who would otherwise not be able to afford the help to to have a, a quote-unquote well-run campaign. Um, and given that uh, what Performance Max does in combining uh, search, display, video, shopping, so on and so forth, uh, discover campaigns, um, who it's really targeted towards I actually don't hate it as much, especially on the e-commerce side for uh, the more advanced, the more savvy, say, enterprise folks, where it's software, where it's maybe a more niche service. There, I I struggle a bit because there are some compliance pieces that uh, 100%, like we have to be able to tell our clients what we're bidding on. And and if if we're not, then we're, we're kind of in trouble. Um, the other piece to it is as intelligent and clever and wonderful as the machine is, it's not going to be able to know everything. And some human interaction is important. I do think there will be some industries and there will be some exceptions made. We'll be able to feed the machine a little bit more more info, but I don't know. Like I, I don't think it's the, the end of the world that maybe some might, but I also am a little bit more of a pragmatist when it comes to e-commerce and SMBs. You're right. And at the end of the day, it's CPA. Like at the end of the day, that's the question we all have to ask on a, on a channel, right. And, and like a, a type. So do I care if it's this keyword or that keyword? I do like, I'd like to trim it, but I mean, but you bring up some good points. If I'm a lawyer, I sure do. Right. Or if I'm like, it depends on the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Audiences are more important than keywords, though. Like, I care far more about being able to really fine-tune my audience lists than I do my keyword lists. Um, Now, that said, I am much more nervous, much more scared about ad creative 
than I am about keywords because uh, with responsive search ads now being the the, rain, the reigning champion and uh, whether or not people are going to take the time to do responsive display ads, that that seems like the bigger pitfall than than the actual keywords themselves. So on the same tangent that like just going the the performance max, it was just a few days ago I'd read the story that they're just if you don't put a video in your performance max campaign, they'll just create a generic one for you and and plug it in to make sure that they can put that uh, like that they can hit that hit that area. Thoughts there, or does it just sort of like don't create a performance max unless you got video? Like that's that's your thing. I mean, to me, it's a bit of an overreach on Google's side. But- I, I mean, it is an overreach. Uh, I, I I need to confirm. I, I apologize, I can't confirm this uh, on the call, but I, I will I will dig into it uh, for a follow up. Uh, whether the automated created ads checking that off that you don't allow Google to do that, uh, whether that reaches to uh, the video pieces. Um, to be fair. Google is capable of creating decent average ads. It's just that Google's not going to create uh, an amazing immaculate ad that you, uh, an amazing practitioner, could. Um, so, do I do I love it? Not really. Am I terrified of it? Nah. Um, it, but there are certain verticals where you just can't run it because the client's not going to let you run anything that they haven't signed off on. And and that makes perfect sense. And I mean, maybe that's just one of the things about performance max. You have to go because of the way that mechanism works, that because it's trying to hit every touch point, you can't go no video, right? Like, or you can't go this specific touch point. You can't do that. Right. And that, that might just be the way that, that. And it's also works. worth noting that um, Google put out a free YouTube ad creator that makes it very easy to create your own video ads. Um, and it is worth noting that video ads have a lot of ability to outperform search ads. Um, they they tend to be more engaging. Uh, they can be really good at, at pulling in uh, net new folks, educating folks, pre-qualifying folks. So yes, you should be creating video ads. Um, yes, there are tools out there, but also, yeah, keep an eye on performance max. Maybe don't run it if you're in one of those industries that has to have approval. Okay. Um, quick warning. We are rounding out our, our hour rapidly. We're like uh, five minutes away from the hard stop. Of the show. I know we got uh, another show coming up in the studio directly after ours. Um, now, you've recently gone independent. You, you're now running uh, Nava Hopkins Consulting, which can be found at navahopkins.com. Um, I know that because I went there looking for your bio like five minutes before the show went on. It was terribly There's no bio there. Oh, my God. Now what? Um, luckily, we didn't have to use it because you just jumped right in. Thank goodness. Thank you so much. Um, how do you how do you like being in the independent world? How, how are you doing as a consultant? I am loving it because I get to just help the the folks I want to help. Um, and there's a couple of software brands I'm working with, a couple of uh, active account management pieces I'm I'm working with. Um, but but more importantly, it's just after going from from two uh, software company startup rounds and to to. It's it's nice being able to help without being attached to the brand, um, and I and I and I will say that there there is something nice to to just going off on my own. A lot of people told me I should, and I it this this previous move actually set me up to to do so nicely. So I'm 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 enjoying it. It's a uh, it's a really scary place to be, but I got to tell you the benefits are are, are phenomenal. Um, and uh, one of those benefits, if I if I can make the pitch for it, Dave, and uh, I, I I'm. I lose track of the days and I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to make it, but the massive gather up in Mexico is happening like awfully soon. Is it not? Yes. Well, like, in May, in May, I thought it was March. Nope. No, it's May. Oh my God. I might actually be coming after all. Um, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> cool. Um, I thought it was next month and it was just way too late. Um, well, there you go. Um, in that case, I'm not going to plug it just yet. But if SEOs are interested, uh, go to that secret Facebook group and figure it out. Because <laughs> um, one of the benefits of being an independent is you can actually um, make vacation time. It's just that most of us don't. Um, are you um, 
dealing with the important stuff like this is this is a, this is a war this is also as, as much for a conversation with nava as it is for people in the audience who, who who run their own businesses are you taking care of the important stuff like taking time off and not obsessing on your business every 15 minutes of every minute of the day so i have a, a really fun ritual uh that i do every day which is i play cribbage and have lunch with my husband every day the exception of Tuesdays because that's PPC chat uh, at noon uh, we we sit down and we play cribbage and it is really special and wonderful um, I also have my uh, and in the interest of, of like why I think the way I think with my wild and crazy time I have my morning creative analytical time that's this blocked off I have my my time that's open for meetings and then there's a hard stop at 6 p.m. Eastern because that is when my mental agility is just gone. And I go straight into playing my Star Wars MMO and it is a very happy time. Excellent. Um, uh, biggest, biggest mistake I ever made is a, when, when this was like years and years and years back was spending 16 to 18 hours in the business. It almost killed me. Well, one of the reasons why I, I chose to do this is I was tired of doing that for other people. Like if I'm going to work really hard, I'll do it for myself. Um, but thankfully, I, the, the, the clients I, I work with, they're, they're wonderful folks and they, they actually don't let me do that. Uh, so it's, it's, I'm, I'm very lucky. Not only very lucky, you're also very skilled and talented and you've shared your, you, you, you make the time to share information and knowledge with the, uh, with the whole industry and, um, for that, thank you so very so much. Uh, um, and also, thank you for spending time with us on the show today. But um, we're out of it. We've got full clock. Thank you for having me. It's it's always like seriously, always a pleasure and always an education. Um, I'm uh, definitely definitely going to keep keep track of the crawl budget thing. And folks out there in the audience, um, if you're on the PPC side, pay attention to the SEO side. If you're on the SEO side, pay attention to the PPC side. We're going to have a picnic when all this is over. Um, <laughs> We've gone full clock on behalf of Dave Davies from um, who is the SEO at Weights and Biases. I was going to get it. I really was at Weights and Biases. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR on the uh, 17th of February, 2022. Uh, special thanks again to Nava Hopkins, navahopkins.com. Uh, friends, stay safe. Um, we're coming out of the pandemic, maybe. But still, stay safe. We don't want to go into lockdowns or um, uh, uh, pandemic mode again. Get vaccinated, wear masks, keep distance. Maybe by the springtime, we could be totally out of this. Be kind to each other. Greatest love. We'll talk to you next week. expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.